This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Hello and welcome to the Worst Idea of All Time, Season 4, Episode 10. Tim Bat is me. And I'm Guy Montgomery. And it's a beautiful uh, autumn or fall evening here in Brooklyn, New York City, 5.44 p.m. Uh, pleasure to be on the line with you, Tim. I'm drinking out of a Pay the Boys cup. We've a uh, little sneak behind the curtain, guys. We're using a brand new thing to record today. So hopefully it doesn't sound like fucking ear pus. I can only you know, when- imagine... The percentage yeah. of listeners who are so, who are as excited as you are by the new technology yeah. we're yeah. using and the minor but still noticeable fluctuations in audio quality that are pouring out into ears across the nation, the hemisphere, the globe, the universe. Ears across America. Universe. That will be our new project. We're going to revisit the uh, – what was that thing called? Was that Hands Across America, that big project where everyone linked arms? I think you're thinking of Wild Hogs, the movie where uh, four fellas get on some hogs and just drive them across America. I mean, it couldn't be more different at all, really. I think you're misremembering, you know, Wild Hogs. Yeah. uh, The stars of Wild Hogs, can you tell me? John John Travolta, Tim Allen. Yeah. uh, Oh, there's a wild card in there. Is it William H. Macy? Correct. Yes. And there's, I think, a fourth guy on a bike, isn't there, or is it, is it those three? No, there's one more. Oh, nah, I don't know. Martin don't know. Lawrence, you uh, a real four tent pole uh, appeal at the cinema at the Cineplex. Did you see it? I did not. I've never seen that. I'm sorry for sniffing as well. It's a disgusting thing to do on a microphone. I've had a touch of laryngitis. Ah, well, do you know what's not disgusting? It's telling everyone that you've had a touch of laryngitis. It's hey, actually quite um, becoming on you. The, I, I literally cannot even tell where the line of sarcasm is with you anymore, Guy. I don't know <laughs> if we're spending too much time together or not enough, but it, it, the line is blurry. I've never thought of it like this before, but someone must have made a joke. Uh, it's, quite, uh, it's quite becoming on you. or uh, I becoming on Do you know what's quite becoming, I becoming on, you? on you? Me. And then I come on you. Yeah, it's a good gag. Yeah, put it's it together. It's very funny stuff. Someone tidy that up for me, please. 
Yeah, if we could get that into the writer's room, that would be wonderful. And then when it comes time to do the actual episode of the podcast, that's going to be a real humdinger of a line. Um, hey, guess what? What? I interrupted your Wild Hogs bit. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen Wild Hogs. Great, then we'll move forward. I got to watch the movie with a human being by my side. Oh, my God. Well, can I tell you, I actually had that revealed to me via email with said human being. What? Why? What? A man can't email another man's wife anymore, Tim? (laughs) This is PC gone mad. This is what really shits me about PC culture. I can't send tasteful images to Zoe anymore because she's your betrothed. Well, guess what? That's bullshit. If I want to send semi-nudes to people who are are married, who are engaged, or in any other sort of relationship, I'm going to do it. They're good photos. People need to see them. You've genuinely caught me on the hop here, Montgomery. I'm not sure what dastardly plan you've been cooking up communicating with my wife in the last 12 hours, but uh, I respect it and I respect both of you. And most importantly, I respect privacy. So I shan't investigate that at all. I respect that. And if you could please not bring it up with Zoe, that would mean a lot. I've been sworn to secrecy. Jesus. Very good. Um, so anyway, I got to watch the movie with Zoe, which Guy knows. Uh, see, ordinarily, you get to act as audience surrogate because you don't have information. Yeah, <laughs> so me but- revealing it to you, you get to react in a way that the listeners would feel, you know? I, I've been, I'm sick and tired of being pegged as the one who doesn't have information. Um, I just know. don't understand how you had this information. I told you, Zoe and I are in a regular and ongoing email correspondence, uh, which features, but is not limited to, semi-explicit images of me. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels like a one-way thing, that transfer of images. I'm going to mute the microphone while I blow my nose, but know what I'm doing, guy. (laughs) I do. I know exactly what you're doing. We also exchange uh, some of the amateur poetry we've both been working on, but I guess you don't show curiosity in that, because that's the feeling I get from reading the emails. Uh, I would love recipes. to hear one of your poems, please. You know, ways to make good gluten uh, homemade pasta. Yeah, here's my secret, Tim. The gluten's where all the flavor is. Isn't pasta all gluten? Uh, not the stuff that Zoe and I are making. But again, I suppose you're not curious in that. You're probably not curious about the gluten-free haiku she wrote for you last week, are you? You were you too literally- busy. You literally talked over me asking you for a poem. That's how interested I was, but you were too on your high horse to notice. Yeah. Which well, isn't, isn't that horse. just endemic of a poor miscommunication in a relationship, eh? Gluten-free pasta. Mm. This stuff tastes almost like pasta, but not quite as good. There's a gluten-free haiku for you. Very good. I loved it, man. Snaps. No worries. Um, Well, Tim, I envy you watching the movie with a person. I really do. How did Zoe enjoy it? How did you enjoy it? Zoe Zoe actually, um, she was all right with it. She enjoyed it. I think at the closing credits, she even said, no, that wasn't so bad. I think you guys are going to be okay. And I said, I don't think you understand the project. That's very supportive of her, though. Uh, Very supportive. Did it change your viewing experience, I imagine, for the better? Oh, Absolutely. By factors, it was so good. I mean, from here on in, because we're in the double digits now, I'm going to be resorting to alcohol. Oh, I see. Also, um, also, company. Yeah, alcohol is the people of drinks. Have you heard that before? (laughs) I've not, but it makes some sense to me. Mm. Can I um, share some 
some things that Zoe had to say about the movie. Uh, look at her stupid bag. And I I didn't even notice this, but Carrie, uh, at the start when they're going around apartment shopping, her and Big, she's got an, a bag uh, that is in the shape of the Eiffel Tower. Have you ever seen that? I have not seen that. And I don't doubt that it's stupid. I actually look forward to looking out for it next week or next watch, whenever that is. Um, but it does not surprise me that Carrie would be carrying around uh, something stupid. The Eiffel um, Tower itself, just with like a handle jammed in the top. Look, before we continue, I'd like to tell you something, Tim. I'd love to hear it, Guy. Um, I did uh, something that I thought would be funny this week. Um and it wasn't. Uh, Did you watch it in Spanish? I watched the movie Sex in the City 2. Oh, wow. Yeah. Guy, let's get into it. Uh, I kind of just wanted to see, you know, with continuity, how that movie stacked up, whether or not it changed the viewing experience. Sure. Um, you know, I wanted to draw lines between the characters, you know, the endpoints of their stories in the first film and where they're picked up in the second. Yeah. And um, I've written here in my notes, and this came uh, not long after uh, Dick Spurt showed up. Yeah. Uh, I've Dick written, Bot. this movie is fucking insane. 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 I prefer your haikus, to be honest. It just didn't really take me anywhere, that one. Well, I think it actually took you to a pretty accurate representation of uh, what it was like watching Sex in the City 2. Tim, time has not been kind to that movie, and um, in terms I wouldn't of describe what? it as necessary. Like your relationship to it or societies? Both. Uh, but <laughs> there was no there, – there was no um, – it was like the movie was taunting me at one point. You know when that guy sings It Feels Like the First Time in karaoke? You'd think – Oh, yeah. After Whenever I'm half, muted, by the way, I'm just coughing my lungs out. Sorry, but yes, I, I remember that scene. Um, it does not feel like the first time. It's uh, you, you know. I carry every one of my watches with me, uh, and it 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 didn't really give me much at all in the way of exposition. I don't have a lot to report to you from it. I mean, if anything, it just drove a, a further wedge in mine and Carrie's relationship. She is the most entitled person. Everything is about her. It's always wanting it her own way. There's no consideration for anyone else in the world. She makes Big look sort of like a, a considerate and empathetic character. And Big is also a lunatic. <laughs> In what way is he a lunatic? Uh, <laughs> I think he, well, first of all, uh, the man has no computer in his office, as well you recall. Yeah. He's just yes. scheming ideas all the time in the hopes that one of them takes seed. And uh, he pitches straight-faced to his wife uh, without any comprehension or understanding this might not be an incredibly well-received idea that uh, they spend, you know, two two days of every week apart so they can just do whatever the fuck they want. 
Yeah, not a great move. I mean, within the context of the film, like I think in broader logical terms, it's not a great move, but um, I was pretty empathetic towards him wanting that when I was watching the movie. Carrie does not treat like she's like a petulant child. Every, like everything has to be her way or it's uh it's just it's not on is she so like the that in the first movie sorry is she like that in the first movie guy you've i mean mate you've seen it nine times um i'll tell you on her performance last night uh i she's definitely a, a lot more of a sympathetic character in the first movie um i don't need to tell you that but she's far from perfect and far from my favorite in fact quite probably bottom of the heap of the four gals. Five if you Can count you the city. Can you give me your current power rankings from one yes. through four? I would love to. Samantha is occupying the penthouse, uh, that top spot. <laughs> okay. She, I think, will be unmovable as the season goes on. Uh, she's in an unassailable position. She's a woman who knows what she wants. She's not afraid to go and get it. Uh, she loves her friends. She calls it how it is. I mean, what's not to love about this this character? Larger than life, fun loving. She loves to fuck. And both in a very literal and sort of a metaphysical sense. Um, I'm going to put Actually, Miranda. As a quick, yep. as a, oh, I'm very interested to hear this. But as a quick aside, I'd like to say um, one element of continuity between two movies. I love the way that Samantha and Smith Jarrett's relationship picks right back up. Like, yes, you know, that breakup looks pretty, um, but it's a friendship in the second one, right? Yeah. Yeah. But so that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like the breakup in the first movie, he takes it so well and it's yeah. sort of like, yeah, okay. And then it, that, that leads brilliantly into their friendship in the second movie where he's like, I'm doing this movie. It's premiering in New York. I want you to be on the red carpet with me. And, uh, it's a joy to watch, and honestly, it's, it, cool. um, it, it, it's nice to see a sort of you know a, a logical progression, or at least like a it feels like a tidy line between the two films in that respect. And it feel there's a lot of ways to um, post break up with someone, you know, like what your relationship is after you break up with someone. I, I'm a generally speaking big believer in the clean break sort of approach, but. What a wonderful adult way of treating another human being that you you part ways, you go, you know what, this relationship isn't working. We accept that we love each other, but this ain't the thing. And then you you take some time out and then eventually you can be such good pals that you go and fly to the Middle East to hang out with the other one. Um, what? what a cool They don't quite hang vision. out in the Middle East. He calls no, from the Middle East. Remember, he's shooting that movie poster, which couldn't have been done on green screen. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You did right. Yes. Man, it's amazing what I can forget. I actually just had a conversation about this. Who was I talking to? Someone. They were asking me some questions. <laughs> Befittingly. <laughs> was that a party? Uh, mm. It was a very recent last week. Talking about those. Isn't it? Uh, and they were, they were like asking me a couple of questions about grown-ups too. And I was like, yeah, I think, oh, they said, um, oh, fuck. Do you know who I was talking to? It was actually, it was Joseph Moore of Walkout Boys fame. I was having a beer with him just yesterday. And he was like, does David Spade have, is he one of the dads in Grown Ups 2? Does he have a son? And I was like, the fuck is this? And it took me a moment to remember that Brayden is his spawn, but he doesn't know it. So he like is presented as the bachelor 
Um, but in fact, he is one of the dads. That's right. It's a big and comical reveal. Um, well, I would say, I'd imagine Grown Ups 2, I think your memory of Sex and City 2, it's sort of, I would think of it as like a song, Tim, um, yeah. where if you tried consciously to think of the lyrics and the melody, mm. you know, you might be forcing your hand too hard and it won't come. But if it occurred to you naturally or it was on in the background, I'd sing along to the I, chorus. I think you'd be surprised because I was, um, yeah, I was sort of finishing a few Sandwiches? Uh, lines along with something else. Yeah, and I, I actually did also have a, I, I had a little egg sandwich as well. Oh, so your instincts are sound. Man, so were you just, you were watching Sex in the City 2 by, by yourself? Yeah, that's that's what I did this afternoon. Uh, oh, God, you're breaking my heart. As I don't like that. A, a meager, a lean two and a half hours. And can I say, uh, the more I watch this movie, the faster it goes by. It is incredible how quickly two and a half hours can go by if you've seen the source material over 55 times. Uh, now, Tim, yeah. before I drive myself any more insane by continuing to talk about the experience, could you please tell me who's yeah. living beneath Samantha on the second highest story of this apartment building that I you think are it's Charlotte. constructing? I think it is Charlotte. I mean, mumbling, I think you mumbled the word Miranda before I, I that that sentence was, and I know that piqued your interest. I was actually I was talking to Zoe last night. I was saying, guy really self identifies as Miranda, and I'm not quite on board with it. <laughs> like I don't I don't fully buy him being Miranda. Um, and what did Zoe, Zoe say? She was a Miranda. Hey, what did Zoe say about you? Yeah, she said, "What do you think, guy is?" And I said, I think Guy is um, a Samantha. That's a very kind thing of you to say, given what we know about your uh, relationship to Samantha at this point. Mate, I, I got a lot of time for Guy Montgomery. I got a lot of time for Samantha Jones. Samantha Jones. It's a fuck good name. Clinic. It, <laughs> the Samantha Jones fuck clinic is where the third movie needs to go. We know that there's been a spat between Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker, but I think the way to bait the hook was a little bit of honey to get the flies, if you follow me in fishing analogies, you plebs, uh, then you'll know that Sarah Jessica Parker needs to have a little restraint from having Carrie so um, you know all-consuming of the storyline, as is usual in these productions, and give a little screen time to Samantha Jones' Fuck Clinic, which is the subtitle of Sex in the City 3. It feels Samantha to me like... gets uh, a medical degree and starts a clinic. There's no doubting this concept has legs, Tim. Uh, and, you know, as through all the second movie, she is very concentrated on uh, sort of maintaining her libido through menopause. And by the yes. end of the film, we're, we're all very happy to see that it's still right up there. Uh, but before we go throwing money around for an entire feature, I think I'd like to see this uh, as a web series maybe. Uh, I think you'd have a lot of fun just, you know, client by client. Just a little proof of concept before we go um, diving into Absolutely another two not. and a half. I mean, I imagine that the third movie would have to be longer still. Sex in the City 3, open parenthesis, hours, close parenthesis, open parenthesis, Samantha Jones, semicolon, fuck clinic, close the, the, the second parenthesis. Yeah, you've got it. We're changing cinema. You've seen 3D come and go. Fuck that. It's time for the reign of the three-hour movies again. It'll be like Ben-Hur, but for fucking. And <laughs> with it, do you want to know what the tension is in the plot? Yeah. Big 
is funding it, but without telling Carrie. It's his idea? No, he's the funder. You know how he's a New York financier? Well, this is his latest investment. And he hasn't told Carrie because uh, they've recently had a, a little bit of a falling out, which mirrors their off-screen relationship. So it's kind of got this meta-analysis of how Kim and Sarah are sort of interacting with each other. Um, and, uh, yes? I can also imagine a world where, because Carrie taunts Samantha for um for being older in Sex and the City too. She says, uh, she says, Woman, who, women who are not our age should not say woman our age. Uh, you'll remember in the first film, of course, they toast to Samantha turning 50. Yeah. Um, so I think what we're looking at here is maybe a dip in the, uh, you know, the sexual chemistry, something that Carrie is notoriously evasive in talking about, uh, except through disgustingly dripping wet innuendo. Um, we see a dip in their mutual yeah. sex drive. We see Big turn to Samantha, who for whatever reason has had a falling out with Carrie, as you've described. Yeah. Uh, maybe she helps re-motivate him to get his fuck back on with Carrie. Uh, he says, well, that really made a difference. That's what motivates him to give her the money to fund the fuck clinic. Uh, and I love the idea of this sort of secret because on one hand, Carrie will be so happy that the, the spark is back in their relationship. But on the other hand, yeah. the secret, you know, this dark cloud hangs over that rekindling of love and that big feels he can never reveal to her the the source of the uh the rediscovered chemistry it was the biggest idea of all wasn't it back your friend who you've had a falling out with fuck clinic but it will also save your marriage can i say as well because you re <coughs> excuse me you referenced that moment where carrie um is being very invasive about uh, precisely how much sex her and her husband are having, or that husband-to-be. Uh, but she does say that big really colours within the lines. <laughs> Zoe, when that bit came on, just said, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> she, she read that line, and I was happy to get a female perspective on it. She read that line exactly how we did. Now, I hope I'm not breaking her confidence by sharing this quote, but she said, what, is he just like jizzing everywhere or what? <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And do you know what also um, gets me is I can't remember if it's immediately after or not long after that scene when he she goes home and Big is playing Enya or, I don't know, maybe Enya's <laughs> stepbrother's band. He's left okay. the he's, – he looks disheveled. He's got the you know doors open to the balcony uh, and oh, he's yep. lit candles in there everywhere. Yeah. And she goes home and it's just like, it's on. Yeah. Um, he passionately it, it, embraces her on the balcony and they hook yeah. up. You know, which is uh, obviously one of the moments of chemistry that they'll be thinking of when they are, you know, trapped in their sexless marriage uh, a few years down the line ahead of Sex in the City 3, open colon, hours, close colon, open colon, Samantha Jones, uh, semicolon, fuck clinic, close, parenthesis. So um, much punctuation. But the the thing the thing of it is is that that, that really I find that disgusting I think because it's so hot on the heels of her being like he really colours within the lines and th that's like I guess meant to be organic sexual energy because it sort of comes out of nowhere there's no occasion there's no reason for them to be so horny she gets home he's obviously like we're gonna fuck nice tonight and she's all in 
We're um, gonna fuck nights tonight. Yeah, I, like, I like that. That's a good pickup line. Tragically, that line got left on the cutting room floor, and he's got he's got candles everywhere, which is a classy touch. And then also when Samantha, we no no sorry, uh, Miranda and Steve have their, which is such a steamy scene when they reunite. And uh, uh, Carrie goes, and Miranda never looked back. Sort of meant to be referring to her and Steve putting the past behind them, and moving on with their marriage. Yeah. Uh, but then there's a scene of them, like, you know, in a passionate, sort of almost, there's a position I might have tried, but I'm not entirely familiar with. Were... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Both on their knees and he's he's behind her and he's got his arm yeah. around her, her breasts. I feel uh, like it's sort of in the first third of the Kama Sutra. It look, yeah, like it's, yeah. it's not a default position um, right. it, it for lovemaking, but it's... it's it looks like they're really working. Uh, it looks yeah. like a good time, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, absolutely. It's not crazy, but it's 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 good for camera. I thought it was a fucking great decision in terms of sexual positions to go for camera because they're both facing the, like we get to see both of their faces. Um, yeah. uh, they're both presumably fully naked, and you it's both, and you, yeah. they're both facing facing the light, facing the camera. That's so from right. that point of view, well done. You see both their faces, but it's quite, you know, it, it's a, they both have equal amounts of um, hand and control in that sexual position, you know. It's mm. not like, if you've got, uh, <laughs> Carrie's saying, in, uh, Miranda never looked back again, well, almost never, and cut to doggy style. You're like, well, I don't know that this is going to, this, this feels sort of it's communicating the wrong thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they're also surrounded by candles. I don't Do know that I've ever... We've got to get a new name for that, really, don't we? I've, I don't know that I've ever made love surrounded by candles. Oh, guy. You mean to tell me you have? Uh, well, I would like to think at least once at some point i mean i couldn't remember a conversation i had with joseph moore yesterday moments ago so i'm just chalking it up to i assume i have 
at some point. Nah, if you if you have to think about it, it means you haven't. Unless maybe you've had so much sex with candles it sort of faded into the recesses of your mind. I've definitely had sex with can like candles on and in the room. I I guess my only quibble is what you mean by surrounded by. Just like enough that if someone came in, not Three. necessarily during, but afterwards, if you both had to go and do something and you forgot to blow out the candles, if someone yeah. came in and they're like, whoa, you know, three's probably not enough, but they came in and they're like, whoa, that's quite a lot of candles. What's the line? How many candles is enough candles for this? I feel like it's a half does. Yeah, I was thinking eight, so we'll call it seven. Cool. Although that would really do my head in having seven candles. I feel like I'd want either an even number or five or or multiples of five. Really? Yeah. One thing uh, that's really cool about me, Tim, is I'm a psycho. Cool. <laughs> yeah, um, pe- people love it. What are the what are the uh uh what are the candlesticks called in the Jewish faith? That there's seven um oh, there's seven no. candles on that, I think. Is it uh min- Menorah? No. Yeah, maybe. Fuck, we're ignorant, aren't we? We are. It is a menorah. Yes, I got it. Nice one. Nice one, Seven bro. lamp, ancient Hebrew lampstand made of pure gold and used in the portable sanctuary set up by Moses in the wilderness and later in the temple in Jerusalem. The more you know, everybody. Da, da, da. That's not the theme of that. Then I fuck with candles on. You can't really have a candle on, can you? It's lit or it's off. No, it's lit or it's not lit. You can't have a candle. Yeah, I reckon that's the on off. Those are the on off functions of a candle. Guy, um, what were your power rankings of the of the ladies and sex? I I mean, we're not even delving into this. You've revisited a subject that we had thought we had buried, and on a whim. You've yeah. um, grabbed a shovel and uncovered it. Absolutely. Um, look, I'm not going to lie to you. There, there were mo- moments of not happiness, but just like the the sheer, you know, uh, the gaudiness of this movie. It's um, it, <laughs> was it fun? Like it's Is it fun. Th- that we were looking for parts of it were fun. Uh, there, like the all the stuff around the big gay wedding is just utter madness. And um, even though I'm sure we unpacked it at the time, like the everyone's collective obsession with the the fact that the wedding is between two gay men is staggering. Like the jokes that they make, which are specific to the wedding being gay, are overwhelming. Um, and I think that the entire reason that Stanford and Anthony got married um, is like it, it, it's purely it's motivated by behind the scenes reasoning because I don't know if you remember this, but Six and Two, there's a lot of speculation. Uh, obviously, they've got a very uh, you know excitable fan base who are sort of stalking out the set, and everyone wants to know the plot beforehand for whatever reason, or maybe just the diehards do. And there was yeah. a day on set when Samantha Jones is oh Samantha Jones was um, in a wedding dress. I like weirdly a- remember this in the news. <laughs> And like a deliberate bait and switch so that people thought that she was getting married. And then the movie plays along for as long as they're at that uh, flash shop where they're buying the rings. He's going, you know, in a matter of time is a funny thing. Um, Time isn't holding up. (laughs) Time isn't after us. The same as it ever was, you know. And then they play all of Talking Heads um, once in a lifetime. And then they wind up inside of Bergdorf Goodman and they say, uh, 
they're all like going, I can't believe this is happening. Hell just froze over. And the implication is that Samantha Jones is getting married. Everyone's sort of giving her coy looks as though to suggest, holy shit, it's happening, everybody. Like, and everyone at home and in the cinema are going, oh my God, it's happening. I can see her starting a fuck clinic, but getting married? That's right. And then uh, they go, her her best gay friend is marrying my best gay friend. Uh, And then she said, "I, I like, just when you think everyone's finished getting married, here come the gays. And then Samantha says, it's like musical chairs. The music stopped and they were the last two standing. Um, mm. like none of these jokes or this plot line warrant inclusion. I genuinely feel like the motivation was, um, the PR campaign of, you know, like getting bums on seats by creating deliberate and cynical open speculation that Samantha Jones is getting married and then not even hanging it over the audience for long enough for it to be worthwhile, literally burying the one interesting thread within the first 10 minutes of the movie and then making us sit through a seven hour wedding, which was Far and away the best scene in the movie. This thing really comes out with a fucking hiss and a roar. They front load, that's for sure. But yeah, I mean, what do you, what do you think about that theory? Because there's, there's no, like, beyond that, as soon as that, that big gay wedding is over, Stanford and Anthony do not feature in this film at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of surprised at how surprised you are. This outrage feels new, it feels fresh, it feels raw to me. Uh, the emotions that you're displaying, I don't want to invalidate them at all, guy, because you're my dude. But you've seen this movie 56 times now, I believe. So I'm just a little staggered at how you can continue to be disappointed by something that's hit you in the face so many times before. That's where old Timbo is coming from. Uh, It's not a healthy relationship, Tim. And I guess it's just it's couched in the brand new light of Stanford and Anthony, them bothering to have Stanford and Anthony kiss in the first movie. Yeah. Um, Just, you know... I understand that you need, you know, more uh, secondary, you know, to fill out the world. You need these characters and whatnot, but it's all like it here. Yeah, you're, you know what? As I'm talking, I'm realizing <laughs> I'm, I'm getting hey. worked up over something which well, I feel like it's pretty much set in stone. I think these movies aren't gonna, they're not gonna get recut. I mean, it seems redundant to say, guy, but this is the nature of the project, isn't it? We're only one sixth the way in, really, or a fifth, I guess. I would say a fifth. Thanks. Don't yeah. Okay. Um, Very well. But then, yeah. So just while we're still talking about the, the second movie, uh, Big. I never picked up on this sly little homophobic dig from Big, where mm-hmm. him and Carrie are dressing each other before the wedding, and she does his bow tie or adjusts it slightly, and he says, "Don't make me look too good." And then he goes, "Gay wedding." Yeah. Uh, as though that old flipping chunk of coal is going to be getting any you know any interest i mean hey. he later does but that's beside the point <laughs> here's the thing <coughs> excuse me hold on i'm a mute oh yeah that sounds like a jesus pretty christ i am dying situation going on there uh, i do apologize for that if i've forgotten to edit that out i do apologize profusely for what has happened in your ear holes um look there's a part of me guy that goes Okay, let me preface this with with this. Recently, I think you and I both read this article with Sarah Jessica Parker being interviewed and she was talking about um, the potential of a third movie or a continuation of the TV show. And she was like, look, you couldn't do it with the people who are in it now. It would look completely daft having these four rich white women um, trying to basically be bastions of social change. Like it just wouldn't work. 
And I I actually, went, when I read it, I was like, fucking SJP knows the score. And it made me reassess a little bit. When we take these these digs at uh, the things that don't hold up in the, the first and even the second movie, which is slightly more recent, but there's still, you know, they were made, uh, what, 2006 and 2008 or something like that? I feel like it was 8 and 10, but they're, yeah. they're not new. They're not new, and a lot of, you know, culturally, a lot has changed since then. And I don't want to forgive a bit of sly homophobia. Um, I deplore homophobia, but it was a slightly different time, and uh, those gals were doing some fucking good work on the TV series for the sisterhood. And so uh, I just want to say... TV series? Yeah, I've seen, yeah, of course. Yeah, I've seen, not like all of it. I haven't watched all of it, but um, yeah, I've caught I caught uh, quite a few episodes when it was you know the big HBO hit. Of the have 90s. you ever masturbated to the TV series? Never in my life have I masturbated to the TV series. Have you masturbated to the TV series? Actually, I'm not sure. I, I reckon I did once. Yeah, yeah okay. when I was sick, I used to be allowed to have um, a TV in the bedroom, mm-hmm. and sometimes um, uh, you know just. Hoover's scheduling program on either TV two or three, uh, Sex and the City would come on, mm. and it was a time when there was a real premium on uh, seeing a glimpse of breast. Yeah, uh, you know, I wasn't surrounded by these pornographic images that the teenagers seem to be bloody papering the walls with nowadays. Uh, and so, yeah, sure, I might have oiled up my entire body, Oof. and. Uh, I might have come. It's not good when you're sick. What is it? Oiling your Masturbating. Whole, oiling your whole body up. I feel like you'd uh, no. overheat or yeah, something. I didn't actually oil Look, I'm my quite whole desperate body to up. get away from this train of thought. So can I share some more thoughts that um, Zoe had when watching the movie? Before you do that, uh, I just want you to quickly, you didn't finish your power rankings. We got Samantha in the penthouse. It's <laughs> true. Charlotte, one floor This down. whole episode is dedicated to be interrupting myself trying to do the power rankings. Uh, yeah, so I reckon this week we got Charlotte in the below penthouse. I don't know what that's called, penultimate level. Yeah, nice. uh, then we've got Miranda under her. But what, what I was saying before when I kicked off with the word Miranda is that they, I mean, they are going to be swapping levels week to week, well, day to day. We're not even watching this week to week. It's a lot more frequent. Watch to watch, those two ladies are going to be swapping keys, passing each other in the hall, moving a lot of furniture on a constant basis to the point where they're actually reducing their wardrobes, the number of clothes that they have because they have to move so much and they need to get efficiency in that move. So we're going to be seeing a lot of movement with uh, Miranda and Charlotte and Carrie has been relegated to, if if I had the ability... She would be the superintendent of this building, sleeping Harry Potter style under the stairs with uh, the brooms and the mops. Oh, man. There's a problem. I hear you. That's, Carrie has that's where I feel like Carrie belongs right now. She's also in my doghouse. Uh, yeah, she's earned it. She just has no – she just she just doesn't seem to help. Do you know what? She what, doesn't seem to help. You're one of the nastiest moments um, – in, in terms of her inability to empathize with her her friends um, mm. is, and to an extent, this is a bit of Samantha's own making, but Carrie makes out with Big, flips out, 
seeks advice from the girls who all sort of tell her to take it easy, have a moment. Samantha in particular is a huge advocate for sleeping on it for a night. Uh, and then Samantha goes on her date. Wait a minute. Are you, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you say hooks up with, hooks up with Aiden? Yeah, Aiden, you mean, right? I might have seen Yeah, that. okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what movie you were talking about, so sweet. Uh, we're in Sex in the City too. Yeah, well, she's uh, hooked up with then, her ex-boyfriend. Uh, so Samantha goes on a date. Her and Dick Bot wind up falling around on the beach. Uh, yes, boy. And they all go down to see her. She's getting in trouble in that room. And uh, Samantha's sort of trying to explain away by saying, we were just kissing. And this is like a pretty big and scary moment for everyone involved, really. You know, we don't know what the repercussions of this behavior are. They've sort of uh, painted the Middle East as a place where they exist outside of cultural norms and apart from Miranda or Professor Oak, aren't really willing to, you know, learn or abide them. And I forgot about the Professor Oak. Um, Carrie just says, yes. see, kissing is something. It's illegal. Yeah. It's like, yeah. this is not the they're fucking in, time for point scoring. Yeah, they're in the room with the authorities right now. Samantha is looking at a uh, Abu Dhabi prison cell. It's not the time. It's not the time at all. And then they go and sit outside and all she can talk about to Charlotte, who she also accused of being paranoid and projecting onto her. Like, remember that little snide remark she has on the lift on the way down? Anyway, look, I'm, re- I'm retreating old water. I'm just doing this to say uh, we've both got Carrie in the same apartment this week. Um, I'd probably yeah. swap Charlotte and Miranda's spots, but otherwise you and I are seeing pretty much fucking eye to eye on this one. And now if I, I don't... Know, don't- yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear Zoe's thoughts on the film. I was just going to say, don't censor yourself, my dude, because, I mean, the whole nature of this podcast is that, is us talking about this movie too much. Um, this was really cute. So Zoe was, we were watching the movie at nighttime and uh, in bed, and Zoe was pretty sleepy, and she just said, I like Charlotte's joy, which I thought was very cute. That is nice. Um. She also said this is a really inefficient way to pack uh, during the montage of packing up Carrie's old apartment, which I think really speaks to my wife's practicality. I hear That's that. What I like about it. I always think about yeah. that when um, Miranda tells Steve that you know she they've got to finish the meal quickly because she you know she she's obsessed with not having time for anything. Uh, yeah, and then I'm like, and then you just take three consecutive days off to go and play dress ups, plus the Mexico trip after that. Yeah. Wait, before that, sorry. So they come back from Mexico and then they do the three-day pack-out. No, no, no. It's insane. They do the pack-out after... Before- oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. Um, and then this, this is when I stopped writing stuff down. Uh, a quote from Zoe. It's actually a really quick movie. And then she looked at the timer, which said 45 minutes in out of two hours, 30 minutes. <laughs> and I can understand that that mentality because it, it actually kicks along this movie. The pacing's not bad on it. And I think you probably would have really um, loved a bit of the six in the city one pacing for your watch this week guy. If I know, if I remember anything about six in the city too, she's a slow old dog. She's a slow burn. Uh, look, I though would not be so brazen as your wonderful wife to accuse Sex in the City, the first movie, of uh, moving along at a reasonable pace or clip. Uh, yeah, she was mistaken, but you can understand where that feeling came from, you know? Yeah, but you could say the same all the way up to the end of the wedding in the second movie. You're like, oh, wow, stuff's happening. Glitz. That's the first scene, pretty much. Yeah, but it drags. 
Well, no, it doesn't drag, but it, you know, it goes on. Well, you've fucking done a judo move on me here. <laughs> Relative to the rest of the movie, stuff's happening. Yeah. You know, you've got a lot. Like Liza Minnelli's cameo is uh, the the yeah. scale and sort of spectacle of that really struck me this week. I was like, whoa, it's Liza Minnelli doing Beyonce. The idea of that existing because yeah. I previously I'd watched it. I just think of it as a gimmick for the movie. But today I thought of it as a gimmick within the wedding. And I was like, if I went to a wedding and that was like a wedding surprise that was sprung on me, I would be fucking blown away. I've never thought about it in those terms, but you're right. If they made the the kind of lead up to it a little more believable or something, if I had really entered into the world and then I'm suddenly at Stanford and Anthony's wedding and then suddenly Liza Minnelli's there, yeah, I'd be like, holy shit, this is the best wedding that's ever happened. This is incredible. These guys are gone. And I done actually it. think they do themselves a disservice with the, um, uh, how do you say, like the decor, the decorating of the whole thing. Because the whole thing is so fantasy, dreamlike, dripping in wealth and that kind of snow white. Uh, what are those crystals called? Swarovski. Yes, something like that. You know, the swans on there. Yeah, yeah, those. It's kind. Of, it's like that. It's like very. It's too much. It's too big. It's too shiny. It's it's too much. And it kind of takes you out of the reality of it. But if they'd lean a bit more into like, maybe if it was a, a little more traditional wedding in a church or something, and then Liza Minnelli's there, like up with the church choir, that'd be fucking shit hot. I'd be well into that. I can see what you're saying here. Uh, I'm wary that we're gonna run out of time, Tim. So I'd just like to quickly check in on your shining light this week. Shining light, shining um, it was def- light, the light, wrapped up like a noose. It was definitely having another person watching the film with me, but within the world of the movie, um, hmm. Oh, do you know who I really enjoyed? It was the uh, the waitress who comes to serve charlotte when she's in the same cafe with big not the one who seats her he says you look glowing or beautiful i think she says glowing uh when she asks how pregnant she is but the one who comes to take her order after that and i think she's been in some things she's got a familiar face but i, I liked i like what she did with the place who, who was it sorry can you so you know she's there and those people get out of the way, so she has a vantage point to see Big yeah. sitting there. And then Charlotte starts freaking out because she doesn't want to be in the same room with Big after she's jilted Carrie. Yeah. So she makes a big ruckus. She So the waitress comes um, to take her order, and she says, can I get you something to get started or something to that effect? And Charlotte says, no, no, I can't be here. I've, I've got to get out of here. Help me move this table. That. Uh, that waitress I liked this week. Okay, she's blonde, she's short, she's got huge eyes, she's cool, got a good energy. I love that. Um, do you remember who I'm talking about yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do remember quite. I would think thinking I'd like you know if that was my server, I'd be happy. I always try too yeah. hard with servers though. Yeah, I think because I used to. I, it's where it's where you go to make friends. Yeah, I used it? to work as one, and so I think I. I I overcompensate for being the customer uh, and yeah. make their life hell on earth. My shining light um, was, do you know, it was actually really fun to see Runkle work his magic in ADR once more. Uh, you'll remember oh, yeah. Charlotte is paranoid about Erin, the nanny, 
mm. and to feed her paranoia at one point she goes to check on uh, I think Rose is having a bath and uh, Runkle and Erin are bathing her and uh, mm. you don't see him saying it but you hear him saying uh, to Rose because she's playing with stuff in the bath he goes what does this do here what is this <laughs> What is that going to do? And then at that point, that's when he takes out the sort of shower head, which is in the bath, and it sprays all over Aaron's top. And he goes, what's that going to do? Whoop! And uh, it was it really fucking got me going. <laughs> <laughs> I paid special attention and really pricked my ears up to hear, there's nothing like an illegal Cuban cigar after dinner. Uh, on this watch as well. And I, I really enjoyed that bit of ADR from Runkle as well. Runkle's undefeatable. Um, he is indefatigable. He's, he is he's living, the greatest. He's living on a rooftop garden above Samantha. He is. He is in a hot air balloon looking down on all of them. I hear that. I love Runkle. And the reason why Runkle wins is because Runkle loves life. And I think that's an important lesson for all of us. What a beautiful note to end on. Tim, it has been hell on earth the last three hours of my life, but um, I couldn't imagine anyone I'd rather spend it with than you via Remote Connect. Hey, let's do it all again in, I'm estimating, 36 hours or so. Sounds bad to me. Bye. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.